Behold. Now we're on. That's weird. So YouTube, I don't think I did this last time, but like, so I press stream on here and then I have to press go live on YouTube. I think that's new or something. Oh, weird. Well, hang on. I'm getting an al- a, a sad. Uh, oh my God. I cannot speak words. I'm getting an ad for a salad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. There's ads on this thing? Yeah, it was for chicken salad chick. I'm I'm impressed I was able to get that phrase out. Shit, I didn't know there was ads on this fucking thing. <laughs> it was <laughs> sad. Why? Sad for an hour. Why is Courtney in red? Uh, what is going on? I this is know. so weird, man. Did they change something? I don't know. I I will say as soon as I logged into YouTube to do this stream, I had to like sign like 10 different waivers. Not sign waivers, but agree to 10 different damn things, man. It's like, what's going on with the YouTube? We are drinking some high shelf tequila tonight. How much was this bottle? Huh? $160. We didn't buy this. It is delicious, though. Did you show the bottle? No. So it is uh, Maestro Double 50 Cristalino Extra Angel Tequila. Um, wow. It, so this is $160. We each had a glass last night and a glass today. And look at how much is left. So it's probably got like two more evenings. It ha- even has a bottle number. It was bottled 2722 bottle number. Like this is the fanciest alcohol I think I've ever had in my life. I've never drank anything this expensive. And th- we didn't buy this because no. we can't afford this shit. But I mean, it was a gift from her work or whatever. Yeah. So... <laughs> So as I'm sorry, as y'all know, I have not been as present on like Discord and stuff for um, a while. So um, uh, my hard work is, I would say, for the most part, like wrapped up, still a little crazy. But um, yeah, I was sent like booze yesterday and flowers and, you know, it's nice to be appreciated. So today we are going to go over an old interview because I want to get this Johnny Llama thing going, man. And did you guys see my uh, intro? Here, let me pull that up right quick because I am pretty happy about this. So here's the, uh, this is going to be the, the official logo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Yeah, the official logo for the podcast. And we're going to cover everything from cults, which this weekend I have a great cult slash true crime story and and we're gonna go really deep so all the supplemental information you know like uh the esoteric order of dagon or something like we're gonna go over uh, all of those what is that like all, what i'm trying to say is like the supplemental stuff that i can't fit on a murder podcast we're gonna like do all those type of things you know and what's up lauren what's up lauren so that's what this channel is gonna be bad plus ufos really interested in ufos and everything else but anyway we're going to do the this interview with Grady Hendrix, one of my favorite authors, this is a new book. And if he watches this, what's up, Grady? Good he, to see you last week or the week before, whenever that was. Yeah, if you're watching this, this is the interview you did like two years ago. I put 2019 on it. I think I yeah, don't know when it was. I think so. That's right. But so he had talked a lot in the interview. So. There is not just one part to this. You know, we're going to do multiple parts or whatever, but I want to get the whole interview out. I thought that would be like the best kind of start for the podcast. Right? Yeah, love it. And so I'm freaking super stoked for this. Grady Hendrix is known for, well, he's known for his best-selling books, his horror books now, but what he's really known for in the in the horror world is this book he wrote right here, which is like one of my favorite books, Paperbacks from Hell. So this goes in the 80s paperback novels horror novels and some of them are ridiculous like the first page here 
if you turn to it, like, and this one, like, you'll never be able to find this anywhere. And some of these books are super expensive. Because so they're if out of you print. Find them. Yeah, because yes. they're out of print. But check this out. This is like the ultimate book right here. Do you have an alert on eBay for that if it comes up? What I'm showing you is little leprechaun Nazis called Gestapo cons. <laughs> this is a real book in the 80s. So, and, and what I'm trying to say here is like these books kind of follow the, the popular trends at the time, right? So like the Nazi and the war thing was huge. Oh, yeah. And so now you got uh, leprechauns that are Nazis called Gestapo cons, you know? Mm-hmm. No, you're not going to be able to Sounds find right. the, that book anywhere. But so we do this, you guys already know, but on our murder podcast, we cover a lot of, not a lot of sat- satanic killers, but you think about like the son of Sam. Mm-hmm. Yep. Son of Sam was a, sat- a satanic killer around that time. And so anyway, I had asked Grady Hendrix in the interview, is the paperback novels, the paperbacks from hell, did they have such an influence on people or were demons really molesting our children? I think that was like what I had asked him, <laughs> something to that effect. I'm sure he loved your interview. <laughs> like, I'm sure it was so different from anything he's ever done. No, it's actually an interesting question, right? Because it's like... Did this just come up whole cloth? Like, what What was it, you know? And, like, I can't figure it out. Like, it's, there was this real trend coming into the early 80s of protect your children. You know, people are after your children. Yeah. We used to get warned at school about, yeah. you know, Stranger be careful danger. at Citadel. Yeah, yeah. And like, be careful at Citadel Mall because they're Moonies and they'll abduct you in their van. <laughs> I, I don't know why they picked on Moonies, but Moonies were the thing. Um so Moonies are the th- Moonies are the people that wear the orange robes and always try to give you flowers. That's what a Moonie oh. is. Yeah, that's what a Moonie is. I'm glad you knew what that was. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for asking, Lauren, because I didn't know. So that was going on, and at the same time, there was this idea that free range parenting of the 70s and also partly of the 80s was sort of a bad idea. Like you wanted your children to achieve, so you need to be more hands on with your kids. Because who knows what would happen if they're out of your sight? You know, what were they doing? Playing video games and slacking off and listening to heavy metal. And then there was the whole, like, fundamentalist Christian religious right and that conservative social stuff that started in, you know, where you had people like, you know, um, Bob Larson and stuff with their radio shows about, you know, Satan getting in everywhere and um, all this. And... You had the beginning to this sort of idea that there was a war between two Americas, sort of a liberal, gay, drug-using, devil-worshipping America, Mm. and then a sort of like, you know, God-fearing, hard-working, you know, much, much reviled, needlessly so, uh, uh, conservative Christian America. But there was also, you know, there was real child abuse out there. Also, I mean, in... In numbers that I think people are just coming to terms with in the past decade, like the prevalence and amount of child abuse and the more unthinkable thing in child abuse, which is that most sexual abuse of children comes from someone they know. So it's not some stranger in a white van. It's your brother who's their uncle who loves them, but who has a mental illness. Like, or it's your husband who, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. so I think, I think there was, I mean, like, I don't think it was demons, but I think it was, you know, I think there was child abuse and I think we just couldn't deal with it. I mean, look at Freud, right? Like he couldn't deal with the fact that a lot of women had been molested as children. And so he came up with this thing that they all had penis envy and wanted to be yeah. raped and molested. Like that was their fantasy yeah. because he couldn't wrap his head around the fact that children at that age had been sexually abused by their family members. 
So, yeah, I mean, you know, I do think part of this was people struggling to come to terms with, with real abuse. Kind of crazy insight there. He is crazy smart. I know he is really smart. I mean, all right, before before this came out, I'm not talking about the books, but I'm talking about all of these paperbacks, and some of them are ridiculous, dude. We have a lot of them. Like, he goes into, like, you know, Satan got real popular, so there's, like, Satan's mistress, uh, Satan's seductress, Satan's love child. And like I'm saying, if you don't, you definitely need to pick up this book, because this is it's a crazy book. But then there was a clown phase, the voice of the clown, like, all of these I'm not a fan of the clown phase. You let know, me just say. And I mean, and some of them, I even have some of these, and they're just literally some of them are ridiculous. There was an animal phase, so you have, you know, the what is that? The the farm, the, the farm, the it, folly. Just, yeah, I like that just one. Crazy, right? But it was whatever sells, and a lot of these were started to be marketed as nonfiction, which is nuts. Nonfiction. Yeah, nonfiction. He talked about that in his live show. Do you remember what oh, he was talking oh, about? Oh, oh, he, I mean, he was talking about the Amityville Horror. Yeah, so like Amityville Horror was, was nonfiction. nonfiction. And all 12 sequels supposedly <laughs> were nonfiction as well. All right, so now this is in the 80s, but he did grow up kind of during that time. I'm not going to tell you when he was born. I don't think you'd like me to tell you that. But he, uh, he reminisces about his childhood in this clip. He talks about to win the Satanic Panic, which we were kind of young. I was just born during it. And I, I, you I weren't, missed it. Yeah, you pretty much missed it because it was more of an 80s thing, but it did spill over to the 90s also. But we were pretty young. But this is what he said growing up in Charleston, where we live, in, in a nice part of Charleston growing up. This is uh, what he what he remembers. Although a lot of that started in the early 80s, I would say it really hit its stride late 80s and early 90s um, because it also, gosh, probably mid 80s was when there was a, a real crossover, sort of a perfect Venn diagram overlap between satanic panic stuff, um, anti-communist stuff, <laughs> and also, uh, which was coming out of a lot of movies and things like Invasion USA and all that, and Red Dawn in 84. And then also um, just say no to drugs and yeah. drug hysteria. Oh, yeah. And I remember going to the um, the Coastal Carolina Fair, and I hated the freak exhibits. They always kind of grossed me out, but I'd always sort of look and see what was there and, like, what the tents were. And um, one of those years, I think it must have been 89, maybe, maybe 90, they had Billy the Addict, and it was this uh, <laughs> a real-life drug addict in a cage. They had a huge sign on the side and painted canvases like he has been addicted to, you know, glue sniffing, heroin, PCP. And then you'd like pay, I think it was like four tickets and you'd go in and you're in this room with this cage with straw on the bottom and this like pale looking kid and like a members only uh, windbreaker sort of sitting there with an IV tape to his arm and you kind of stared at him for a minute and then left the tent. Jesus Christ. Isn't that crazy? Yes. It reminds me of that one movie with Bradley Cooper. You remember he was he was in the fair or something? What was it? He was like a, a magician, not a magician, but he was- Oh, um, oh, oh. Yeah, um, and, and then he turned out to be the, the guy in the cage. Yes. Yeah. What Was it like the alley or something? Or something like that. Nightmare, nightmare. I don't know what something. it was. That was a good movie. Yeah. Actually. But, so for we'll, we'll get more into the sat satanic panic. Like I said, this is going to be like the first Johnny Llama episode, I guess. 
if you will. But does anyone remember or has anyone out there heard of Michelle Remembers? No. This is a crazy, crazy book that came out marketed as nonfiction. And the story is actually real per se. But there was a book that came out called Michelle Remembers. It is this cover right here. Can you see this cover? Michelle mm-hmm. Remembers. And this was a true story, which is which was pretty insane. Like actually a true story or yes. it's a true story? Basically, this woman named Michelle, I can't remember her last name, uh, Michelle something. I can't remember. It don't matter. Her name was Michelle and she had a miscarriage and she went into this, this horrible depression from this miscarriage. So she went to a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and agreed to go under hypnosis. Okay. During the, now this is real. This is everything I'm telling you right now is 100% true. Okay. From what happened. I'm going to say what she said was yeah, true, but right, right. so she was hypnotized and over se- session after session, she started recalling these memories that have been that have been stored away and locked up tightly that how do we know she didn't have access to at all but these memories turned out to be and the whole story is this in 1955 when she was only five years old michelle her mother turned her over to a satanic cult so she's a five-year-old girl now she didn't remember this she's only five until the hypnosis brought all these memories back but while in that satanic cult they had an 81 day ritual known as as the quote Feast of the Beast. During and this is from Grady Hendrix Paperbacks from Hell. During this marathon orgy, Michelle was raped by snakes, defecated on a Bible, watched her playmates being murdered, saw kittens crucified, had a devil tail and horn surgically grafted to her skeleton, got her teeth knocked out, and ate human flesh while being rubbed all over with dead babies. There was a real gold rush with the paperback cover for horror paperbacks to really like it was almost an arms race sorry not a gold rush an arms race to capture readers attention and that meant is the 80s turned into the 90s getting grosser and gorier and more out there and at the same time these it wasn't like a movie where like you would go to a theater or a video store where you have to go into the room store these paperbacks were sold in drugstores and bus stations and train stations so you, you would stumble across them unexpectedly, which I think people objected to. But then the other thing is, you know, you can blame the paperbacks in a way, not just paperbacks, I guess, but publishing, because the, the thing that really kicked it all off was, I think, 1979, 81, Michelle Remembers. Yeah, book, uh, yeah. By Michelle Smith and her therapist, Lawrence Pavlov. Yeah. Um, you know, out of Vancouver saying that, uh, or Victoria, sorry, saying that... Um, you know, the the she'd been, you know, taken to the Feast of the Beast and the yeah. underground tunnels by her grandparents. And, and that was this, I mean, that stuff was outrageous. Um, you know, Michelle Remembers is just, I mean, all this stuff was just so blatantly false. But Michelle Remembers is just really egregious. I mean, you know, they grafted horns to her skull and fused Jesus. the devil tail to the base of her spine made her killer best friend. But then there's no evidence because the Archangel Michael cured her and resurrected her best friend. But yeah. it really did happen. Like, it's just... That is what she recalled. And and this... It, but uh, was it... No, what, sorry, everyone's... All right, so... If so everyone's freaking out. No, 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 you're not... So if you listen to this now, you're like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Dude, this was like the Oprah. Oprah was talking about this. Geraldo was talking about it. You know, it's I mean, ridiculous, Oprah yeah. had... 
Yeah, Oprah had her on. People Magazine had her on the cover. I mean, people really took it seriously. And to me, that was the most harmful part. Everyone believed this stuff because Satan was so powerful and the rock and roll music and, and his power was taking over the world. But it wasn't real. What do you think? I'm like <laughs> an, an untapped memory. Sounds but she, like bullshit to me. But why would she? She wasn't looking for a book deal or anything it else. It sounds like she had a bad dream. Or it could have been real. Could it have? I don't know. Do you what don't know? Happened? I would love to watch that Oprah episode now. Oh, I watched No Shit. And there's a... So if you guys are watching this for the first time and don't know who we are, we do a murder podcast, Talk, talk Murder Me. We but there's there's this guy that I just learned about today after doing 400 episodes never even heard of the guy sean sellers he was on geraldo because he murdered three people in the name of satan and so geraldo got him on there and and this isn't just like oh you know whatever that's an excuse like geraldo oprah the world especially or the united states for real i don't know about uk or anything but we fucking believed it dude i remember going to church and i remember my pastor my pet my I remember my pastor <laughs> pastor i remember the pastor yeah, and the pastor. I remember the pastor saying there's a couple bands we can't listen to as Christians. 311 was one of them. Whoa. <laughs> Amber is the color of the energy. And obviously Marilyn Manson, which obviously our, our church helped help ban him from South Carolina. He was he was banned for like 20 years. Yeah, he's welcome back now. Yeah, now. But I remember it was huge. I mean, let's be honest, like tattoos have only been legal in South Carolina for like 10 years. I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is people believed this. Oprah believed this stuff. Shit. They were gullible real worried. AF. Not, I mean, not gullible because everyone bought it. They didn't buy it. They were just, it was a fear. This was like a, a real thing, man. You know? I would, I really would love to watch the, um, the Oprah thing for that. Knowing the context now. Yeah. So, I mean, now I want to hint. A, so that's Michelle Remembers. I definitely recommend you reading that. It's a crazy book and it's still, it's still out there. You can get it. I think there is still in print. Actually, there was a couple because like all horror movies or excuse me, all horror books, they kind of they make them until they can't make any more money off of them, basically. You know, so that's why Amityville Horror has like 12 freaking novels behind it. Why Halloween, which should have stopped at the fucking first one because you killed the guy, ended up. Yeah, he ended up going no. to space at one point. He ended up going to space, you know, or whatever. We haven't gotten to that one. I'm sorry. What, we, Halloween? on In space? Haven't gotten to they it. They all suck. I, I, I still... We still have not finished that series in October. The and, best Halloween is actually one that has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Halloween 3. Nah, nah. I disagree. I don't. I'm going to watch the rest of them on my own. Halloween 1 was great. Halloween 2 was kind of a cash grab. Halloween 3 was really good, but it had nothing to do with the plot. Halloween 4, don't know, don't care, because, I mean, how many okay. times? At that point, they done cut the freaking head off. Um, Shram's always like, watch the boys. I think we should give it a try. She keeps, she's very adamant about this. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, she is. I think we should try it. I think I had a dream about her yelling at me, watch the boys. So let's hand on this preschool right quick. So this is what Grady Hendrix says about this. I must have been 84. Or reading a newspaper article about the um, McMartin preschool trial yeah, yeah. and thinking a newspaper editor's taking it seriously, a reporter's taking it seriously, lawyers are taking it seriously, a judge is taking it seriously, cops are taking it seriously, people are losing their jobs, they're going to jail. Yeah. It's really, that's what terrified me, is it felt like 
anything you said was true was true. You know what I mean? Like all bets were off. So about how that story happened. Now, this is a true story, too. And a lot of people went to prison for a long time for this. All right. So this preschooler says something happened to her. She started having nightmares. So a psychiatrist, a group of psychiatrists wanted to see if she was molested. So they got dolls. And what came out was completely insane. What came, Hundreds of kids came forward. There were talks of sacrificing children and then resurrecting them. They were they would go into the middle of the ocean and kill baby sharks. I mean, th- this was all during the day while they're supposed to be at preschool. They would drink goat's blood. Like, I mean, and the parents were in the everyone believed it. The, the news believed it. Oh, dear. And in what may become one of the biggest child molesting cases ever on record, seven nursery school teachers were arraigned today on more than 100 counts of child molestation. It's a parent's nightmare. Using puppets to encourage the children to reveal what happened, the therapists were able to unlock the horrible secrets of the McMartin School. The accused include the preschool owner, 76-year-old Virginia McMartin, her daughter, and two grandchildren. Dude, 100 counts, 100 counts of child molestation, including killing babies and resurrecting them and stuff like that. Like this. I mean, look at the one. Look at the people getting arrested. Oh, dear. Look, she is that woman. That old woman is shackled in handcuffs. And it's all fake. It is all fake. Oh, my God. I mean, can you imagine, man? You know, crazy. So satanic ritual abuse is the actual term. That's what like Michelle remembers. Right. Which is not real. (laughs) But is it though? No. No. If so, Jungian psychology, you know what he says about UFOs? What? So UFOs aren't real, right? You get it? Most of them. I mean, come on. Yeah, most. Okay. Well, so he says they are real, but they're a manifestation of our fears. So the UFOs were really prevalent during the Cold War when everyone thought a nuclear warhead prevalent of their fear exactly so, so they're, they're well they're manifesting this and to them it's real it's real to them because think about it like you're like who are you you're just like inside this freaking closed box and your reality is your senses right what you can see and what you can hear that's your reality so mm-hmm. if if your mind tells you something's real like you know getting raped by snakes and defecating on a bible to you it is real you know what i'm saying so to mm-hmm. these people it's real you know i don't know yeah i mean because, I mean, these people aren't faking this. I mean, they didn't all get together and be like, let's do this for a joke. No, they all have it implanted in their minds exactly. that this is real. So it is real to them. But it's not really <laughs> real. I, I I feel like I've just taken drugs. I don't know. I don't know. That's a little bit about that. If you guys want to know, learn more about that, we can definitely uh, go over that in our time. I just kind of wanted to do that, uh, you know, a little of those clips. Grady Hendrix, he's a, I guess he's a good friend of us now. We went to see him. We saw him last mm-hmm. week or we saw him two weeks ago. He does these one man shows and his new book, which I haven't read yet, but I've read all the other ones. I just, it, I haven't had time. Like I just, he I just actually, freaking, I actually really want to read that one. Yeah. But unless he just stopped being a really good writer, because I've read all of his other ones, this book is probably pretty excellent. And his one man show is excellent too. He talked about, like house pr- housing prices like it, listings yeah listings from um, a haunted house and he stuff. had some very very funny um books that he referenced um about haunted houses and it was 
phenomenal. Yeah. It was incredibly entertaining. Um, and so check out and see if Grady Hendrix comes near you. He's he's from Charleston, but I think he does a lot um, locally here and in like New York. That's all we got for tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed. I don't know. Did Good you night. enjoy? Yeah, I sure did. I always do. All right. Well, um, and, t- and we'll see you guys on Saturday. We got a crazy freaking case, man. Insane case. And you guys won't believe it. It is in freaking sane. And a lot of that story, it is going to be cultish. But a lot of it I'm going to also cover on this Johnny Lama because I want to go into these these other weird little, you know, how a book always hints on other cults and and other things like that. Like, I want to go into that. I can't go into it on a murder podcast because it would be just freaking too long. Right. So that's what this is going to be about, hopefully. So it's going to be a good supplement to that. Anyway, that's all I got for tonight. And I hope you guys enjoyed. And thanks, everyone, for joining. All you people that we love so much. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.